Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to Kayak Fishing Weekly, the show here on the Sears Angler Podcast Network that is dedicated to everything kayak fishing. I'm here with my counterpart, Mr. Justin Largen, and of course, hey. I'm your host, Bailey Agbrett. Justin, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, not too much. H- Happy New Year. New, yeah, New Year. Before. Yeah. Well, how does the saying go? New Year, same me. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. There's more sayings that are pretty similar to that, but I don't know if we should say them on here. <laughs> but yeah, another year uh, in the trenches. It's funny that a date, I think I was telling Andy this over on Serious Angler. I was it's like, it's funny that a date, a calendar, just changing the number of it, people look at like as a roadblock or a milestone that once they cross that 31st of December to January 1st, they're like, oh my God, life's different. Everything's changing like that. It's, it's, it's a new day. I mean, it's, it's nice. It's like a mental note of like, hey, I should work on things. A, refl- a moment of reflection. Exactly. Good, good occasion to stop and kind of take stock of where you're going and, you know, where you want to be going. And, you know, yeah. But it, but yeah, at the end of the day, it is just another. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just it's a, what was it this year? A Monday? So, <laughs> yeah. And so I started on a Monday. Great. Awesome. <laughs> Start the year on a freaking Monday. Uh, but dude, I mean, so everybody's putting out their resolutions, things like that. What are your your resolutions uh, from a kayak fishing sense? From a fishing standpoint, well, yeah. I, I guess it, it's pretty basic. But I, obviously, I want to catch more fish, but I want to be more consistent in tournaments. You know, I don't know how many I'm going to fish this year. If it's going to be quite as many as I've done the last few years, but I, I had I've had some really good finishes. But like last year, I had a lot of bombs too and or just you know middle of the pack or below um just finishes i wasn't happy with and i want to be more consistent this year where you know i'd love to have some you know top top five top 10 finishes but i i really want to be more consistent across the board than i've i've been so that's that's my one goal what about you you got you got big plans big goals i mean it's gonna be an interesting year for me because I'm kind of still in this stage of I don't really know what my year is going to look like because still got some sponsor talks and things going like that that could enable me to do more if I wanted to, um, which I do. I definitely want to travel the country more and fish more new lakes and more bigger style tournaments. Like in a perfect world, I'd be fishing every single Bassmaster and Hobie event, like in a perfect world. Yeah, but, uh, Like many people, I have a job. Uh, and money is only, uh, flows so much for me over here, especially living in New York. Our state likes to take most of it. Um, but, uh, for me, man, uh, this year, the way I'm looking at things is, um, I'm definitely going to be doing actually more tournaments looking at my schedule for the year. Um, I fished every single local event, um, for the one trail NYKBF this past year but I'm going to fish another trail, the Slate Nation one that's local. I'm going to do both this year, double dipping those, try to hit some Hobies, some Bassmasters. Gonna, just going to cherry pick on what looks fun. If I do good, great. You know, one one thing or another, I'm going to go have fun and learn. But my biggest goal for this year, man, um, I, I've, I've been kind of going through this phase of like a, a mental transition of like, not really transition, but trying to, I guess, upgrade and improve myself, if that makes any sense. Okay. Um, kind of change some habits things like that using it as i talk about in that cliche new year's resolution standpoint but uh, i'm hopefully 
hopeful that my self discipline will, will keep those going. But to not make it long winded, I want the only to, one that I've got. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, dude. We could, <laughs> we could kind of go down that rabbit hole, but from a fishing sense, I want to, as much as I'm fishing tournaments, I want to bring back the adventure side of kayak fishing for me, where uh, I thoroughly enjoy going out in a tournament or even just fun fishing with my two graphs live, things like that, and beating up on fish. But some of the most fun that I had this past year was all I brought was one graph uh, and a few different rods, limited amount of tackle, like what I wanted to fish with, not like what I think they'll eat, what I wanted to like. If they weren't going to eat it, I didn't care type of deal. And, yeah, and went up to the Adirondacks in New York and fished some lakes that, like, these lakes you go out there and you almost guarantee you're going to have it to yourself because they're so remote. Slept in the trucks, camped out with my buddy Brandon Lewis, uh, hit these lakes. Like They're the kind of, like, stereotypical lake where we woke up sleeping in the truck, literally almost hit a black bear on the way up there. And, like, loons are... are uh, you can hear loons on the lake as you're getting ready to, to launch in the morning. Uh, like it was like perfect. And we're catching large mouth and small mouth on poppers and chapos and things like that. Like catching them how we wanted to catch them. Um, I want to do more of that. My goal this year, dude, my ultimate goal this year is to go a week sleeping in my truck in the Adirondacks fishing one to two new lakes a day and film the whole thing. That's awesome. Like get dude, two. Like bring a freaking a jig, a swim bait, and a top water, and that would be good. That's all I need, dude. If you need to travel, buddy, hit hit me up. <laughs> hey, I will let you know. We'll slap dates on, and we'll go. We'll, we'll pick out the lakes that we're gonna go try and hit. And some of them are cool because, like, there was one that I'm actually really bummed about this because I lost the footage, uh, the SD card. Uh, I can't even remember the technical term, but basically the SD card fried, but. I had to go through a field and down this like really kind of sketchy trail with my truck, uh, like off road and like, thank God I, we're going to get into it in today's show talking about transportation for kayaks. If I had my old Nissan Ultima, there was no way I was getting to this place. Um, but it was super cool. got in there and I freaking caught a five pounder, like in the first five minutes. Uh, nice. it was, it was freaking awesome. But, um, yeah, man, I just wanted more adventure back into things. Like, I love the competitive side. I love tournament fishing, and I love, you know, obviously being out in Lake Erie, using live to to catch big smallies and stuff like that. But there's something about going back to the roots, no electronics, and just uh, enjoying nature and just catching them how you want to catch them. Yeah, I got to do a lot of that in 23. So hopefully, hopefully, I'll still get to do some in 24 too. But it's, you're right, it is different, and it's. I'm, I'm addicted to just that style of fishing, keeping it simple and backwaters places hard to get into. It's, it's, it's really fun to catch them that way. 100%. And I, it'll probably be a week of that. And I'll be like, man, I'm kind of craving going and dropping a, a jig on one's head <laughs> on live. <laughs> There's something addicting though, about being in 30 foot of water and watching a five pound smallmouth come rocket up 20 feet and swim away with your drop shot in its mouth. Like, and watching all that happen, giggling like a little kid. But uh, I would not know it, the first thing about that. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to, you're going to try it this year. <laughs> it's 30 feet. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever caught one out of 30 feet. Really? Oh, I don't man. know. I know I fished, I've caught them in 20, but I, 
I don't know that I ever caught one out of 30 that wasn't, you know, just like suspended up near the surface. I have caught a bass on the bottom in 71 foot of water. That was the deepest I ever caught one. I don't know if, I, I mean, I'm sure I could beat that. I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> like, I don't want to kill one. Like, yeah, it up, you know? Uh, so yeah, it was 71. That's impressive. That's pretty deep, man. But going back to, to get into today's show, cause we don't, there's not much news from last week to this week, uh, in the kayak fishing space. Uh, some rumblings of things that are going on that I'm pretty excited about. And that's as far as, far as I will take that notion. Uh, but I'm pretty excited about the future of kayak fishing right now. Um, but what I'll say is what I mentioned earlier about trying to get to that one lake and off-roading to get there um, is our show is going to be about the different methods of kayak transportation from a vehicle standpoint. The pros and cons of each. And this is going to be, I mean, this could be for somebody, I'll say, like myself, that is factoring in, should I get a trailer? And we'll get into that in a little bit. Or it could be for somebody that literally is getting a kayak that's like, how should I transport this? I literally have a car. What's my best method of doing it? We're going to go into some different methods. But, uh, Justin, I would say the prime three that we're going to go over is car topping, truck bed, and trailer. Are we missing any? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. Maybe if there's another way, you know. Maybe if you live on a lake or something, and are just dragging it down to the water. But, yeah. but the ways that most of it are doing it, most of us are doing it. Is it's going to be one of those three? I think the only one. I'm thinking of it now, literally, because uh, the dealer I go through, Morgan Marine, that I work with, he's literally doing it. Or he did it for Christmas. Uh, is Hobie the iTrek has like that backpack hockey bag deal that comes in uh, like the roller bag? So you can yeah. fly technically, you can fly with your kayak. It's pretty hard to carry on a kayak, too. I thought about that. If uh, if I ever end up with one of those, you know, and decide to you know go fish, you know, I could theoretically just take that thing with me on the plane and just bump some tackle off somebody when I get you know out west or wherever. It might be honestly cheaper to, to go that route than to drive to Texas multiple times. But that might not be a bad method. Like literally fly with your kayak and then just take a box of like a couple tackle boxes, whatever, shove it in there, pay 30 to 40 bucks, whatever it is for shipping, and ship your tackle to wherever you're going. It's yeah. obviously hard to get rods, but yeah, rods would be would be tricky. You could do tubes. I don't know how how it works on planes. I know they're expensive. If you get those, I think Flambeau makes the the great big expandable yeah. one. I've shipped yeah. rods to myself cross country, and it was not cheap. They're almost but certain to break. Yeah, because <laughs> some I don't know. I, I don't trust the airline people too much. Sorry for any of them that are listening, but <laughs> I, they, I've still got cracks on my laptop from them throwing my bags around. So yeah, I always carry my laptop on me, but not to get into a TSA <laughs> complaint session here. <laughs> yeah, we're this is kind of a kayak fishing show. <laughs> kind of, kind of. It's called Kayak Fishing Weekly, but we don't, we talk about a little bit of kind of about not much. <laughs> All right, let's get into the first one. I think the first one is, I'll say, what's simplest in regards to. I mean, it's how I started transporting a kayak outside of stealing my dad's truck before I had my own vehicle. Uh, but car topping. Car topping, it may look a little intimidating at first, at least for somebody like me, when you're trying to figure out how the heck you're going to do it and do it 
well where it's not flying off when you're going 50 miles an hour on the highway. Um, you have you car topped before? Car topping is what I did up until 2022. Uh, so for I've probably done it that way for more than 10 years. And before I car topped a kayak, I car topped that pond prowler. And that thing is way heavier than, than the kayak. That's a beast. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't use any. Well, I eventually got a, a system for kind of making it easy to roll it up there. But the very first vehicle that I owned, uh, it was a, an older model Jeep. And I tore the side of that thing, just sanded it all down from sliding that boat up on top of there. But yeah, but yeah, well, I've some methods about it here in a second. But what car did you use the car top? It was uh, I think it was a Grand Cherokee. Uh, I don't remember the year on it anymore, but it um, I've. I like the vehicle and I, it, it does a good job. Now, the, the only thing that I've seen, I've seen these, uh, what do they call Like a weight restriction on some of these roof racks. And I checked even my newer vehicle. I, I want to say it's right around 100 pounds. It says it's, it's not designed to take more than 100 pounds on that rack. But I see guys put a, a pro angler up on there. So I don't know if it varies from vehicle to vehicle. But I know my Hobie is kind of, my Outback is kind of pushing the limits. And I've, yeah. I've done it with an Outback. Um, Outback is the heaviest, though, that I've tried to car top. And again, maybe maybe somebody else's vehicle is different. I know if you get a Wrangler, they have these. I don't even remember the, the manufacturer, but they have these basically a roof rack that mounts onto the frame that can take like triple that weight. Um, it's extremely rugged. And it's like I said, it's somehow they bolt it onto the frame. And it's I mean, it goes all the way up the sides, big basket on top. And those could take, I think, like 300 pounds. But. The stuff that I got, I think, I think mine's a, I can't remember if it's Yakima or Thule, if, if I'm even saying that right. But both make them. I mean, both make those as well as like Malone makes some good ones that are affordable. Mm. Um, but I feel like Yakima makes the best ones. They usually make the best anything, everything for kayak transportation, at least at this mm. point. There's some good custom things we'll get into later on, but um, car topping to preface this, I had a Nissan Altima that I car topped a wilderness radar 135 and then I car topped a Hobie pro angler 12 and I car topped that one for a while. Whew. Now I, uh, does that thing come with a roof rack or is, were you getting the, the portable? Okay. I had this thing as hillbilly. Well, I shouldn't say hillbilly <laughs> more a- Amazon slash hillbilly hybrid. <laughs> like okay. I had, I had Malone, Maloney. I don't, somebody's going to be cursing me out for how I'm pronouncing that right now. I always uh, called him Malone. Malone. I had the suction cup uh, s- straps for up top. So like the, 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 what do you call it? The lever, the bar that you'd have, you'd suction cup that down to the top of the car. And I hadn't, okay. keep in mind, I had a sunroof in this car. <laughs> so I had to do it, the things spaced out around the window in the front have it not be too close together because there's two bars one you put in the front towards like above where you're driving and then in the back to space them out to like obviously distribute the weight and so i had to suction cup them but the way that they would fasten was i had to go through the doors of the car and put it through and then tighten so i had straps above my head when i was driving and some in the back too which was fun because like my rods would get stuck in there and stuff uh, but I would have to strap them in and every time I'd stop for gas or something like that, or every time I go to leave or whatever, I'd always have to tighten those things because they wouldn't, they wouldn't stay tight. Um, 
But, uh, but honestly, sketchy. it was, it, dude, it was, it was sketchy. And that's why I did, uh, what I did with mine was I had those, uh, bars there and people in New York, or honestly, I fished the first whole year of Hobie's, uh, four events, I think, um, doing this. So people have seen this before there's pictures around. It's pretty funny. Um, but I took a paracord and lifted the front hood of my car. And there's a little latch that, you know, obviously for the front that latches down, it keeps your foot, uh, front hood from obviously flying up. Um, I put paracord in there, did a crazy big knot to like, make sure this thing wasn't coming out. And I had like this heavy duty, like giant bigger than my hands carabiner that would latch around the, the front handle of the kayak, especially like the pro angle that has that heavy duty handle in the front. I latched around the front. What I would do is I'd push it back when I get it on there so that that front line was taut, and that's when I would strap them in. But uh, what I used to do to get it on there was I took a bath mat and put it on the trunk, and I'd put the nose on the trunk from the side of the car, and then from there, I would go to the back and just slide it up onto the bars. And, like, my back windshield and stuff was all scratched out, too, from, like, missing it or having mud and stuff on it. And then it would strap it down from the side. So it's it's doable. I've never seen a Pro Angler 14 uh, car top, but you can you can do a Pro Angler for sure. And that's definitely up there on the bigger side of kayaks. Yeah. But, uh, it's doable. And, it, it, I mean, it, it worked for a while. I mean, I've done long road trips. Um, fun fact, I was going, uh, see that little flag up there in the corner? That is the 2021... Bassmaster Kayak Championship. They handed out like these little flags for him, I guess. Possum um, Kingdom. It was down in Possum Kingdom. Um, I was in Missouri, uh, car topping this kayak, and I was stopping off to, at a hotel uh, right at the exit to get on to to go to the Bass Pro Shops there. And I get rear-ended where to the point where like my trunk was so crumpled up that you could stick your hand in the left side and steal all my tackle that I'd packed in there. Thank God I had all soft plastics on that side because anything else that I had there was a goner. Um, but my car still worked, and I drove all the way back down to Texas with my trunk opened up and worked the classic and everything, which was funny because they had me valet my car, which was hilarious. <laughs> Our top is, we're like around like all these Bass Pros that got like these decked out F250s wrapped, looks nice, shiny. And then here comes this Nissan Altima half crumpled with a kayak on top. <laughs> and I'm valeting, valeting it, dude. It was the funniest sight. My boss was laughing at me as I pull up to the hotel. But story aside, you, you can you can be surprised what you can do with those things. But um, nonetheless, there are pros and cons. And we're going to go through each method and give you guys a pros and cons uh, of each. But uh, you want to go ahead and kick us off with the pros before I go on another tangent about how my Nissan Altima was a beast. <laughs> sure. Well, for, for me, the biggest pro is that it it's it's good for lightweight kayaks. It's 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 a it's a simple way to transport it, and it gives you the ability to launch anywhere. Uh, where with a trailer, you kind of need maybe you don't need it to be the the fanciest uh, you know boat like maybe not to the level of if you're going to launch a bass boat, but you need to have some kind of a ramp if you're going to back a trailer. But for a car top. Um, I mean, anywhere you can drive to, you can get. And then even if you're not necessarily, you know, dropping yourself right at the water, you know, they've you've got your boondocks landing gear. I, know, I think Native has a similar system. You've got the ability to, you know, basically as far as you're willing to drag it, 
you can get to a lot more places with that that car top system uh, and a, a lighter weight boat to me that's the the biggest draw and that was you know probably what what drew me to that initially and and, and i don't know it's probably not fair initially my kayak was so small or so lightweight that it uh it, it it didn't make sense to get a trailer. Uh, I didn't have a truck. So it, it, that was really the only option when I started, but it, it was definitely good for getting back into places off the beaten path and not needing, you know, a, a, a nice fancy ramp. There's a, it's funny. So when we look on these, on these notes here, um, pending how you do it, you can definitely get better mileage, uh, pending what car you have, things like that. One thing I, I noticed, and this was so pre, uh, pre getting rear ended, uh, I got great mileage post rear ended. I had half the thing sticking out like a wing, so I didn't really get very good mileage because it was basically this wind catcher. Uh, but <laughs> pending the vehicle, you can get pretty good mileage car topping. Obviously, it, it acts as a sale, so you're not going to get your max cars capacity, but um, it does make when you're transporting and transporting securely, it makes it pretty dang easy. Uh, one thing, too, I'd say, they're on the secure side, like when you're stopping somewhere, um, more just because it looks like a huge pain in the butt for anybody to try to steal. Mm -hmm. um, it is hard to, to lock something like this. I've seen people try to use like bike locks and things like that. You can do that. Like I've thought about in the in the past using the rail, like a bike lock to go through the hull of the Hobie and lock that in. But it ended up becoming a, um, a giant ear sore to try to travel with because it would just be knocking against the bars of the, mm. the hobie it would be obnoxious right on the whole way yeah but i mean i've stayed in some pretty sketchy stuff with that with the car and the kayak on top and i think most people look at that and they're like man i could steal that they're like, but it looks dude, like mine man. mine lived on top of my car for probably the first i'm trying to think I, I lived in different apartments in the northern virginia area but and some of them you know you had a little little bit of a yard or a little bit of uh, of space that was yours outdoor but i had a couple places that i lived where there was no no place to put a kayak there was barely even parking available and in those places that that kayak was a i had a commander a water systems commander and then after that i had a radar uh the one 115 x i think it was was it is that the radar no the ride sorry the radar is the new one I had a mm -hmm. ride 115 x and they just stayed up there the i'd strap it in and just leave it up there i drive to work with it up there and every once in a while you know i'd i'd find a place to stick it for a while but but i mean it lived up there and i never had a problem i never had it disappear i never had anybody try to cut the ropes and take it maybe i was just lucky but i think you're <laughs> right it looks like a pain in the ass to to grab that like yeah unless you've got a truck or something what most people driving down the highway can't just take it yeah the only issue i ever ran into from a driving standpoint was in heavy winds, crosswinds, it would any sort of loose it like a the pro angle is a heavier kayak, obviously. So it would like move the nose side to side. But as long as my front line was taut, it wasn't gonna shift side to side. It was more making sure the straps was making so so the kayak couldn't move left to right. Mm. But the nose sometimes it would shift, it would shimmy a little bit. Which you'd be fine sure. for the most part, because then when you pull off the next time, you could strap it up and tighten it a little bit more. Um, but the one thing we have here from a con, which I find hilarious that you put this in here, 
is don't use ratchet straps, which <laughs> I knew a bunch of people said not to do, which I used ratchet straps. Which I did is too. Why my Hobie was warped at the end of the time that I was using it. I did too. That my very first kayak was a, a commander, the 120, 12 foot model. And it, it was kind of a canoe kayak hybrid. So it, it, it had sides that came up raised and it, it had something that maybe there's other kayaks that have it now, but it, it had a, a sit in kind of seat. It was open top sit in seat, but then it had, they called it a captain's chair, like right behind the seat where you could kind of sit up on it. And it was just sort of a plastic seat and mine broke on the first, first one that I had. And then I got it warrantied. And then I broke the second one, the, uh, the captain's seat. And I figured out after uh, after that second one broke that it was because I was using ratchet straps uh, and the ratchet straps pulling the sides in. I was weakening that support underneath it and broke it. And uh, yeah, so ratchet straps, good way to warp the hull or, you know, like in, in the case of me, I'm sitting out there on the river paddling and all of a sudden, boom, you go through the seat. And I mean, I, I was still able to use the the lower seat, but I don't like the lower seat. I want to be up high and be able to see in it uh yeah, yeah I, it it was the ratchet straps totally the ratchet straps that caused that you know it wasn't a manufacturer defect it was it was me crank it crank it crank it crank i mean it yep. it just I, and i was kind of like you i knew i heard people say oh don't do it and i was like oh well, i'll just i won't tighten it too much and yeah i did <laughs> yeah i mean i had the same problem like extreme heat was doing the same thing, locking it down tight, extreme cold, locking it down tight. Like I would go out when it's snowing, there's a foot of snow on the ground. And I would still like, I wouldn't go down a ramp type of deal. Um, which speaking of ramps, we have a show coming up where we're going to talk about some kayak fishing etiquette, uh, some know-hows of either at the ramp on the water, things like that more so to remind some current people, but also as a, uh, a one-on-one guide for people getting into the sport of this isn't something it was not something to like try to ward you off or anything. Just something to know around is like a general respect for each other and things that won't that if you do these things, you won't get yelled at by somebody else yeah. at a ramp or anything like that fishing. Just to help you guys know and be respectful because there are some times where we run into things on the water that it might piss you off, but majority of the time the people that are doing it don't know. And that's and it's just an education standpoint. So if somebody doesn't talk about it. How are people supposed to know? So we're going to have a show coming about coming about soon uh, where we talk about that. But back to what we're talking about here is I think the last pro I would say for car topping is it's fairly low budget compared mm. to, uh, well, I'd say also truck bed is pretty low budget too. Uh, whereas trailer, you can kind of get it in a little bit of expensive, but um, I think Even if to, you have to buy a, like one of like, I think my, my newest vehicle has the side rails on it. So I had to buy the cross beams but it was still way cheaper than than buying a trailer of any kind. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, I think, right. it's the cheapest. I think my Malone straps were the two bars, the suction cups. I think it was like sixty five bucks on Amazon or something like that. And then ratchet straps were like twenty bucks. Uh, and then the paracord and carabiner that I used to tie up the front and back was, I mean, that's five bucks. A couple more bucks, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's fairly low budget to get that, anyways, but. I'd recommend if you do have a, a rather nice car vehicle and you're, you don't want to beat it up, don't car top. <laughs> if, if you're okay with scratching and denting your, your car, yeah, you can, you can car top if you don't want to do anything else. But 
Um, and they, they make some, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but they make some load assist features on some of these, these nicer, like the Yak and one that you were talking about. Uh, and then I've seen, uh, I've seen a couple different devices. I had one that was called the Roller Loader that I still have and still use occasionally. Um, but it, it's basically a, a metal frame. It's got suction cups on it. So you can stick it on either on the back hatch or on the side. Um, it's got little hooks to hook into a little groove along the, the paneling. And it's got basically heavy-duty wheels that roll, like almost like a mini, I'm trying to think what 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 else you, you would see those wheels on. Uh, but but pretty, pretty heavy-duty little wheel. So you, you lay the kayak on that and then just pick the, the base of it up and just slide it right up. And it's, it's way nicer than some of the the little the ones that have little rollers on them but honestly even those rollers are a lot better than you know than nothing um like what i was doing i think what both of us were doing starting out just sitting on there and scratching the little anything with little rollers on it will help you get it up there um and potentially you know not not cause the damage to the vehicle but it uh yeah the but if you don't want to cause any damage don't put it up there 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 were some times where if i was trying to switch spots in a tournament which that's a con of this is it does take a while to unstrap, get it down, get your kayak set up and get in the water. Same thing loading. It definitely takes time to put everything in your car. Oh yeah. Just put it on top, load it up, strap it down, make sure it's tight. It definitely takes a lot longer than some of the other methods we're going to go into. Um, but th there's a, there's a few different things where there's times where I've been trying to switch mid tournament and I just like straight up didn't use the bath mat. Just, had rocks stuck to the kayak and slid it up the back of the car, just grinding <laughs> the crap out of the trunk. Uh, it, was, it honestly kind of saved me when I returned it. I got more money for it because when I got rear-ended, the back trunk, there was scratches all up the back from doing that. And they replaced my trunk, so I got a brand new trunk, and it was great because I returned it. It looked like it was brand new. They didn't uh, realize it was, it was previous damage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, that totally happened in the crash. <laughs> that was not me. Oh, man. It's like but a shower of rocks coming down. Pretty much. It looked like somebody took sandpaper and was just mad at the car. Like, just one solid line. And it was just it was pretty bad. But uh, I'll say some other cons here, and we'll get into truck bed, um, is minimize storage uh, when you're in a car. Um, definitely limits you. I'd say one thing I had issue wise was I'd bring a decent amount of gear was kind of limited about in the amount of rods I could bring, um, you know, trying to fit in the passenger seat and trying to fit clothes and then tackle and things you need, you know, kayak gear wise, uh, pending what you could fit in your trunk. Um, but for me, one of the issues was too, I mean, there was times I was stupid and I put like, I leave my rods, take the reels off, put my rods in the, horizontal rod storage in the Hobie and then would transport it with my rods still in the kayak in that horizontal storage. Probably wasn't the smartest idea for the rods and taking care of them, but we made it work. Shoot, uh, I know guys that still do it that way. Like rods yeah, and see, everything intact in the hull of the boat. I mean, they stay there. They're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> it's just uh, more a matter of like when you get that all that road dirt and everything on there, it's not the smart, especially us here in the north with the salt. Dude. When I would leave here, like, what was it? Which event was it? It was the first one I fished for Hobie. Why can't I remember that? I think I sucked. Oh, it was Toledo Bend. Yeah. Um, I left in January or February when it was snowing. We had, like, a foot of snow. 
And dude, like by the time I got down to, I think, I can't remember where I stopped. I think it was somewhere in the Carolinas and I went and slept in my car that night. And I, dude, the front of my Hobie was white because of the salt on the road. Ugh. It was really bad. Like I thought I had a white rope. My, my paracord was neon green and it was flat white from all the, the salt that was getting kicked up. It that's was, crazy. uh, yeah, it, I mean, that's the only thing I'm like sitting there. I'm like, that's a dumb idea to put your rods up there. Uh, but again, you could do it. The bad, other con is like, if you're somebody like me that sleeps in their vehicle, especially when traveling, sleeping in a car sucks, especially when it's packed out and you got to sleep sitting up straight. doesn't feel good on the back. Um, and I said the last one, unless you got any more here, Justin, is uh, don't be dumb like me and try to off-road with your Nissan Altima. Because off-roading Ooh. in a vehicle, smaller vehicle is not... I did that, dude, and I knocked my front fender off at Toledo Bend. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was not a good idea. I beat the hell out of that car. So off-roading is not a is not a pro for depending on your vehicle. I mean, a Grand Cherokee, obviously great. You can definitely make that work. That's you can, but, but even good. then, you still got to be careful about where you take it. I mean, I've I've started down some roads just this past fall at Gunnersville. I started down a a road getting to a a fairly remote ramp, and I start getting seeing these giant potholes. And it had rained, I guess, fairly recently, and there's mud and big holes. You can't see how deep they are. And yeah, I was. Uh, I was puckered up for that. I, <laughs> I can imagine. I, I, I got, I don't even know how far away I was from the actual ramp down this dirt road. But as soon as I got to a place where I could, you know, basically pull a Yui, I was, I was out of there. It, uh, I was, I was fortunate that I did not get stuck. I've, I've been stuck, you know, driving down. It was, I think it was a forest, forest preserve or a national wildlife refuge. I was trying to do some photography and ignored the signs, you know, roads, you know, I forget how they worded it, but basically don't try to drive down here. Uh, if there's been this. rain, <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much don't do it. And I was like, I could probably do it. My Jeep's good in the mud. And you get down there and you realize it's, you know, a foot deep and the mud yeah. is halfway up the tires. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really embarrassing when you have to call for a tow out of one of those places. It's not cheap either. Like, Hey, you see that sign there? It's there for a reason, but it's like us men, dude, you see a, oh, a yeah. red do not touch button. You got to touch it. <laughs> exactly yeah so yeah you you can you can mess up with any transportation method trying to trying to go too far yeah well all in all i'd say car topping a very viable option um definitely takes a little bit of more diy if you will it can be very low budget or you can kind of go in the upper end and get some pretty good gear if you're gonna if you're serious about doing it for a longer time uh if you're in the short term there's some great options that are super cheap to get it done um but the next one here is truck bed, which is the one I'm currently doing right now. Um, I love it personally. It does have its cons, which we'll get into. Um, but a truck bed, simply sliding that thing on there, uh, strapping it in, especially if you, the nice thing, like most trucks have them, it's just like little rings that they have attached to the truck bed that you can use to, to strap certain things in. Um, that's the reason I like it mostly, dude, is it's so easy just to get in, out, like, especially when you think about from a tournament uh, English standpoint, if you want to uh, go from one ramp to the other, like on Santee Cooper, when I was scrambling at the end of the day, the one day tournament we had for Hobie, um, I literally left everything in my uh, kayak still just threw the wheels on or actually, no, I backed up down the ramp really fast threw the front end on slid it in, slid a strap in 
ratchet strapped it somewhat tight and then had my rod still standing up and drove down the road uh, to the next ramp. I don't advise doing that. That is not advice of do this, but I'm saying it's a, it shows you how quick you can do it from a, from a truck bed standpoint. And you see guys like Drew Gregory, things like that, do it with the, the Tacoma. Um, there's a method to why he has that vehicle because he won't, he could fish five ramps in a tournament day. The dude's nuts, but um, it's very, very viable from that standpoint. Have you ever been able to, do you, have you had a truck where you've done this method before? Never have. I've seen other guys do it. And like Drew was a good example. I've seen him. Well, he, I don't want to, I don't think it'd be considered a trade secret or anything, but he, he has a lot of stuff when he travels like to his destination. But then I think he pairs when, when he's actually going, when he's actually doing the fishing, like it's, he keeps it pretty simple. He doesn't have a ton of gear. And I, I think that's an important part of if you are going to, I mean, it, it, you could say the same thing about car topping, but you, you really less is more in that situation. The, the less stuff you take with you, the less stuff you have to unpack and, you know, stick back in the vehicle and then unload again when you get to spot number two. So I think, I think that truck style fits him really well, just because of, of how simple he keeps everything when he fishes. Yeah. And like you said, that's a perfect point. Like that's another reason why I think multiple people bring, um, not multiple people, excuse me, why people bring multiple kayaks is because of they don't know what situation they're going to be faced with. They want to be versatile, not just in their fishing, but also how or what they're fishing out of. So there are people that bring multiple kayaks to events for that reason. I think it's smart. I think it's, yeah, I, I think it's extremely smart. Um, and that's where actually, I think you and I've actually ran into each other for the first time was, uh, I think it was TOC at Caddo last year when you were up way up in the canal and then we were launching way, way up there. Um, no, I think you were car topping then. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, you were car topping then. Way up in the canal. Are you talking about at, uh, Santee? Maybe I was talking about Santee. I'm losing my mind over here. Ignore that. Ignore I'm, that. I'm trying to remember. Cause I, I don't, you had the Jeep. I remember that you and I were the only ones that launched. I want to say it was, did, you did fish cattle last year, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. It was in the, like way over the, I think it was the West end. Like way up. I'm trying to remember. I've been a couple different times and I'm, I think I'm getting we'll my talk about it after people are listening. Well, we'll talk no, about that, that wasn't it. That wasn't the first time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, to run through the truck bed with you guys. Um, it's super easy to use. I think the only equipment I recommend you getting, and obviously this is pending the kayak, like if you got uh, an easy sit-in or something like that, or you have like a, a crescent kayak, um, like the, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the model. Sholy, thank you. Um, you got something like that, you don't need a bed extender. But if you got somebody like me where you have a pro angler uh, 12 or 14 and pending your bed size, you have the truck. Like I have a five, six and that's a shorter bed. So I need a bed extender because otherwise like your kayak's sticking way out and it's kind of a little sketchy. And obviously you want to be, you know, treat your, your vehicles, right? If you got an old beater, obviously, you know, you're not worried about beating it up, but um, for mine, I got a, a newer Ram. So what I did is I got a bed extender that just simply goes into the hitch. You lock it in. What it does is allows the, uh, you to put nose in first, keep the heavier end on the back on that bed extender. That way it's super easy to get in and out of the vehicle. That's one thing, like same thing with car topping I'd recommend is you put, um, you know, the, the front end 
of your kayak in first. So like if you're car topping, have the nose of your kayak matching with the nose of the car. Uh, so like if you're in on the truck bed, have the, um, the butt end of your kayak be with the butt end of the truck, if that makes any sense. That way, if you bring it out, it's a pretty easy slide in, slide out method of, of putting it in there. But for me, it's, I got rings in the back of my truck that I can take two ratchet straps. I ratchet the nose end of my pro angler from the front. That way I know for sure it's not going anywhere. Um, and then I ratchet in the back so that it doesn't sway side to side when I'm turning. Uh, and that locks it in pretty good. What does um, that uh, bed extender run? A couple hundred? I'm trying to let me actually pull it up so I can give you a legitimate data here. Cause I use the, uh, I went and got the boondocks one from Morgan Marine. Um, I think, and there, dude, there's, there's ones literally like, so the boondocks one I have is 260 bucks. Um, and that's, I'd say, I would say that is on the higher end. Like Yakima has one for 260 bucks. Um, there's one at Cabela's for 140 bucks. Uh, and there's literally ones at Harbor Freight for 60. So like you can make it as cheap as you want. I've seen people literally mold their own out of stuff they got from work. Uh, so it's like, you can make it as simple or as complex as you want it. Um, I think it's fairly low budget. Um, obviously just depending how cheap you're, I think the only thing high uh, that is high budget, uh, expensive from a truck bed standpoint is the gas that you get <laughs> using a truck. Uh, mm. that's one of the biggest cons I have from this one, but we'll get into that in a second, but, um, easy to strap in easy transportation, getting in and out of spots, easy to, uh, load in, load out. I think the one thing compared to like car topping is, uh, like if it's a dead ramp, like obviously it's a pack ramp. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to bring my wheels. I'm going to get out of people's way and I'm going to load up responsibly. But there are times where if it's an empty, empty lot, empty ramp, no one's around. I will back my truck up all the way down to where I bring my kayak up down, like say a boat ramp and load it in that way. And it's just, it's easy to do it that way. Uh, it's obviously the lazy way. Do not recommend doing that at a busy ramp because you will piss a lot of people off. <laughs> Everyone will hate you. Everyone will hate you. <laughs> um, Dude, it's but, gotta be uh, easier on your, your knees and your back too. only having to go up, you know, a couple feet versus like lift it up over your head. That's uh, yeah. It's gotta be less physically taxing. Oh, dude, it is. It's so much easier uh, to, and I want to caveat that too. Like, if there's people that have back and problems, things like that, they're probably using a trailer. But uh, we'll get into that in the whole etiquette show of like how easy it is when you help each other out, type of deal. Um, but dude, yeah, I mean, for me, it's literally I lift the nose up to like basically almost chest level, uh, if not hip, to get it onto that bed extender. I, I push it so it's towards the middle, so it's not falling off. And all I do is I walk to the back of my kayak. Uh, reminder, when you're doing this stuff, the the lifter in me, use your legs, not your back, uh, to lift these. Especially when you have heavier kayaks. Grab the butt end and just squat up and walk forward with it. And it's super easy. Uh, and then I strap in. Um, I could probably even do a video on how I load this thing up. But um, super easy. I think the only things I don't like about this that uh, are reasons why I've all been a little bit thinking about a trail, uh, a trailer um, is it does limit your storage that you can do in the back of your truck bed. Um, now that being said, um, I've been able to put the, the kayak in there and I've loaded like a tent in the back as well. I've loaded coolers. You can still do stuff like that, but I'm thinking when, when you're long-term you're somebody like me that likes to sleep in their truck, it can be limiting. Um, now, that's From fair. a security standpoint, you can get a truck cap 
and make the top section a storage space and keep the bottom for your kayak. That's something I've been looking into. That way you can make the back into a bed, the back of your inside of your um, your truck, uh, a bed, like the back seat. Um, it just makes things you got to be a little more strategic on on that. Whereas if you have a trailer, you can make the entire bed, especially if you have a cap, into storage. Uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But the last thing I got that could be uh, a con is mileage wise. Uh, most trucks, obviously, you've got V8 mileage isn't going to be great. Um, one thing I'll say, and I will fully admit and hand over my man card, is I bought my Dodge Ram without a Hemi. It's a V6. Uh, and there was a reason for it, and it's because of literally that mileage. Like, I get 24, 25 on the highway, which I think for a truck is pretty decent. Um, yeah. But that is, I say, the one con is from a truck standpoint is gas mileage. It's not going to be very good. Uh, you can go the route of V6 or uh, like Ford has the, the lightning with a hybrid, uh, especially if you're traveling a lot. Um, if you're doing every single Hobie event, a hybrid might be worth your money investment. Um, that's a whole nother rabbit hole, by the way. My wife and I were looking at hybrids if they actually are worth it. If you drive, to, here's a total sidebar here for people. If you drive 15,000 miles a year, uh, the way we clocked it, a Honda CRV hybrid versus a Honda CRV, just normal gas. I think it takes you 12 years. If you drive 15,000 miles a year, it takes you 12 years to make it worth it. Okay. Which was like, at that point, you're already getting a new car between now right, and right. 12 years. It's going to be like, dead. Wait. So it's not you're even worth it. the extra eight grand to get a hybrid. So it's, but if you're somebody that drives to all the, the hobies and you're constantly doing events and you're driving, you know, 30,000 miles a year, it might be worth your time getting that. Getting hybrid, but yeah, would that yeah, would that cut it in half almost? Be more like four years. Yeah, I mean, I got to go back and do the math. Uh, my dad, who's much much smarter than me, made this whole equation for figuring <laughs> <laughs> out because nice. uh, they have that new. Uh, my bougie parents have the new uh, all electric Jeep Cherokee, whatever. I don't know what it's okay. called, but it's like a, I don't a spaceship. Know. They came up in it for Christmas, and I was like, I hate you both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, personally, I think truck bed is a super, super easy option um, uh, for, for transporting a kayak. But the next one is one that, uh, and the last one here, is one that grew in popularity um, probably, what, the next last four or five years, especially. Like, yeah. there's a lot of people like Jerry Rig and, like, jet ski trailers and stuff. Now there's legitimate, like, custom and made kayak, like, kayak-specific trailers. Like, um, you run one, so I'm not even going to try to go into this. You take it away on this one, man. Well, it mine is, I think you're definitely right that it's it's taken off in the last few years. And I think it's especially because the kayaks are getting bigger. Mm-hmm. Or, or There's a lot more guys running bigger kayaks. You can take more stuff. The tournament competitors, anyway. Um, there's a lot of advantages to having that bigger boat. And, you know, it, especially like you, you mentioned earlier, talking about the, the truck bed, if you've got, you know, say knee problems or back problems, and it's, it's more difficult, you know, you can't lift a, a whole lot of weight, that trailer is a really nice option. Uh, yeah. So a, as the boats get bigger, I think it only makes sense to have, have trailers. And there's a, there's a huge variety. I, I know guys that have sort of done their own custom rigging. I got one from somebody that had, had custom rigged it himself, uh, an old jet ski trailer. Um, and I've, I've honestly been thinking a lot about upgrading. Part of me wishes I did not get the one that I have. Um, at the time, it made a lot of sense. It's basically a, 
a a jet ski trailer, an old jet ski trailer, and the guy liked woodwork. He put a wooden box on top of it. So he, the idea was you wouldn't be able to back into a ramp or, or back into the water. It's not a wet trailer. But that wooden box has a drop-down flap on the back, and he built put a drawer in it that pulls out that basically has 15 rod tubes in it. So I was thinking, shoot, I can have my kayak sitting on top. You know, I just slide the kayak off onto a, a cart wheel the cart down to the water but i'm essentially using that trailer for transporting rods i could have 15 fully rigged rods underneath the kayak and i think in theory it it would have worked great but that kayak is so my, my kayak the, the outback on top of that lightweight you know jet ski trailer with just basically a wooden box on it it's not very heavy and on the highway it's it's moving around a lot to the point where i i I, I banged up reels and I, I started looking and noticing that the handles were all scratched up from banging into each other. And uh, yeah, it basically for that reason, I had to take the, the rods out of it. I, I can't use it for that storage anymore. Um, it was a good idea. It just in practice, it didn't work. I mean, I got those neoprene reel covers and put them on all the reels yeah. and they banged together so much. They wore through the neoprene. I even had a, a punch rod that I didn't use for a while. I had sitting down in the bottom. And I, I, you know, slid it out of the tube one day and go to stick it in the kayak and the handles off. Like it sh shook and rattled enough to back the bolt off of the, the, the oh, reel, God. the handles like up inside the, the, uh, that wooden box. And that, you know, that was kind of the, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, but yeah, not that, that's kind of a mine again is a, a custom one that, you know, I thought it was going to be great yeah. and it, in some ways it's still good. Um, I like, I, I have a rod pod up on the side. Um, I could easily put another one on the other side. I can store a whole bunch of rods on rigged, uh, and just stick the sleeves on them. Um, if I'm not taking very many in, in the past, I've stuffed newspaper in there to keep them from moving around in the tube. You can put some rods, uh, with reels on in the tube that you can't get nearly as many. Uh, but yeah, that, to me, that's the, that was the, the drawback of my trailer. But if we're talking just trailers in general, the big advantage is, is you can wet launch. Most trailers are designed to be able to back in the water. And that that's a huge advantage in terms of time. And it's just it's so much easier. I was I was at a ramp uh, with Christine actually earlier this year, and I thought I was unloading pretty quick. You know, I put the wheels on the cart, my little boondocks laying the gear, and I come dragging the, the kayak up the ramp and you know over to the vehicle, and then I'm taking everything out and loading. She backs down the ramp, pulls the the kayak up onto the trailer, and drives off. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, okay, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm I'm doing it wrong. Uh, so it they're they're really nice from that sense. And I've I've spent a lot of time looking at the different models. I think uh, on the water innovations, if if they weren't the first, they were one of the first. And I think they're mm -hmm. they're probably the the one that's best known. Uh, among the the kayaking world there's another one that's kind of cool have you heard of these fish texas guys fish texas trailers i've heard of them i don't know much about them i know like the there's a tennessee one too isn't there tennessee trailer i, I think they're doing some work with uh i think they're doing like a, a custom version or maybe it's not custom but it's a, a specific version for dugout so yeah, yeah that's another another good one um that's that's making heavy duty stuff yakima makes a good one too Mm -hmm. I know guys with that one and then this fish Texas one is, is going to be comparable to the, to the, 
I think you're on the water or your Tennessee trailer. It's just, it's heavy duty. It's going to run smoother. You know, mine, it's not as bad as if you, anybody who's ever driven like a U-Haul trailer that's empty down the road, it's not quite that bad, <laughs> but it's that, that is not a fun experience. Um, having that thing <laughs> just moving around behind the car with nothing in it. Yeah. Um, and, and those big ones, I've, I've never driven one of those myself, but from what I hear and from just from looking at it, I can tell there's a lot more weight on that thing than on mine. Yeah. So that, yeah, I definitely, you know, when I get another trailer, I'm going to be getting one that I can actually back into the water and, and shave off all that loading and unloading time. It just, it makes it to where in a tournament, you know, you're, you're not wasting as much time if you decide to move locations. It's, you're not killing a whole hour. Uh, even if you're only driving 15 minutes down the road with your load and, and, and prep time. Yeah. That's the and one then, thing that scares me still about a trailer. Not, I shouldn't say scared. That deters me from the trailer is I think even if I had that, I would go park and then use my wheels and bring my stuff down to the water simply for the pure fact that, I mean, people that have trailers know uh, that backing down a smaller trailer is not easy. And the last thing, true that I want to do is be the guy at a pitch dark ramp crowding out the ramp type deal because I can't see putting my, you know, where my kayaks go in the trailers in the back type of deal, especially if you get a cap, you know, it's harder to see behind you. The last thing I want to be is that guy that's holding up a ramp, you know, that type of deal. So I, I love the idea of a trailer. Don't get me wrong. It's, but I probably still be the guy that just goes and parks it and then takes the kayak down from there like you're doing it's a fair point and, and honestly i'm i'm not the best at backing the one that i have because I, I like to you know a lot of the times when i'm going to these these tournaments i'm camping i'm trying to cut costs where i can so I'm, i'll be at some campsite and even just backing into a little you know backing into a space it uh you know it, it definitely is an acquired skill you know you, it takes some work to get used to okay i turn the wheel this way and the the end goes that way it, it's it it takes a little bit of time. Now, once you do it for a while, it, it becomes more natural. But I've still had that thought. It's that exact same thought of, you know, what what's it going to be like when I actually am backing down a ramp? Because it's a different thing yeah. than just backing. I mean, even backing into something level. To me, I when I upgrade, one of the first things I'm going to do is just drive to an event, you know, a, a ramp, middle of the week, nobody there, and just drive up, drive down, back up. Yeah. <laughs> and just do it a whole bunch of times to get reps because uh, yeah. I, I don't want to be that guy on the ramp either. Yeah, I'd say uh, the nice part about kayak trailers anyway, though, is you get it somewhat close and you can always get out and literally pick it up and move it over. <laughs> you <laughs> you can. <laughs> that yeah. is true. Okay, what, and, are, uh, what are some of the cons? For the for me, I, I parking, I would say, is one. It's It's a little trickier to park. You've got to have those extended spaces. Um, and then even just sort of on the highway moving around, it's, it's, you get, you know, once you do it a while, you kind of get used to having a trailer back there and taking wider turns, but it, it is something you have to think about. I mean, pulling into a, a, uh, uh, call it like a hotel. If, if I'm going to stay in a hotel somewhere, I've got to, okay, where am I going to, do you have parking available? Um, not every one of them does. So it's, it's, a, it's an extra thing you got to consider. Uh, you know, is there enough space in this campsite where I can get a trailer and a tent um, or, or even going through the drive through <laughs> like you stop at McDonald's to grab something to eat at the end of the day. And, you know, it's just it's something else to think about. It's not necessarily a it, it's 
it's not necessarily something that would make me not get a trailer, but it's it's something you got to be aware of before you get one. Yeah. And then the the other one is just to me is price. So we we talked about the custom trailers. They are awesome. Like the amount of features you can get on them, like the Yakima rod box that you can throw on there, the uh, the you know like a winch strap to make it easier to load and unload. I mean, there's all kinds of of nice stuff, but they are not cheap. I mean, the 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 high end ones. I want to say they start around three thousand dollars. And if you're not, you know, if, if you go much below that, mm-hmm. I feel like if I was to buy one that was just the bare bones model, like it wouldn't have some of the fun features that I want. Like by the time you start tacking on all those, the rod pod, the Yakima box straps. Uh, like retractable straps, it starts adding, and that that price starts getting high. I mean, it's I yeah. don't think it's anything to spend five or six thousand dollars on a, a a fancy kayak trailer. And you start getting a double trailer, you know, a wider one with with the uh, what do you call them, the beams, I guess, for two. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, the price just starts going up. It's oh, uh, yeah, <clears throat> not cheap. Definitely and, on the other side of the spectrum from car topping using a truck bed. Yeah. And and that's been a consideration for me because I'm looking at it like, you know, I've got thirty five hundred dollars tied up in my outback. It's it's hard for me to spend more on a trailer than, than on the kayak itself. Yeah. Um I, I can see in, in I'm getting close to the point where I'm I'm willing to spend the money. Um because of all the advantages of you know, just the, the simplicity and the quickness of of loading and unloading. Um I think it'll be worth it. And for me, another big one is getting rods out of the car. That was part, I, I was talking about the trailer that I got that didn't work out. Well, with these other ones, if you put two Yakima rod boxes, I think those hold eight rods each fully rigged out. I mean, you're talking 16 rods. That's, I mean, that that's enough. You can carry 16 rods fully rigged in those, those Yakima boxes. If you throw a rod tube on there, you can carry probably 30 unrigged rods for anybody that even has that many. So that that's another big plus for me is not having rods in the car. Um, it's hard for me, like, you know, to sleep in the car because I've got one whole half of it taken up with rods. Um, it just and then you know you, you run the risk of you know, if you start stacking gear on the other side, stuff slips. You got to worry about damaging rods. Uh, I want very badly to get all those rods out of the car and into a something that's going to be secure where they're not going to get beaten up. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of free up some space to where, hey, if I am, you know, may- maybe I'm uh, driving to Texas and that, you know, it's a, for me anyway, to be a two day drive. I'm, I- I'm, I'm not trying to do a 20 hour straight, but, you know, you stop that first night and just be able to sleep in the car and it not be a big deal. Uh, okay. I feel like that's a that's a big plus. You start doing very many tournaments, having the ability to actually sleep in the car. Uh, and or actually, I should say, be able to like stretch out in the car and not you know, yes. sleep like this. It, it's hard to sleep like this for me. I think part of my hip and back problems as a 26 year old is because of sleeping in the Altima so many times. <laughs> a firm believer in that. But, uh, dude, I mean, the trailer is one where if you're serious about this thing, like traveling, whether take tournaments out of the picture, like if you're just simply traveling a lot with your kayak and adventuring, things like that. A trailer is probably worth it. Um, in, in from a tournament standpoint, bringing that back around, it's probably worth you having that extra storage. Like the way I look at it, you know, going back to this perfect world, if I was able to 
fish all of the Hobies and all the Bassmaster ones. Um, I would ideally have a trailer, and I probably would go with one of the you know the Yakimas or one of these custom ones that you're talking about that's got the fancy gadgets that makes life easy. Um, mm-hmm. That way, what I could do is get a cap for the truck that's so it's secure, a great storage system in the back, the deck system, and then what you can do is on the back seat of the truck have an inflatable mattress that fits like a Jenga puzzle on that back seat. So you could nice. sprawl out and have a nice little air mattress and things to be privately secure and warmer in the cab of your truck. Uh, and that way you can have some more little storage in there and power options. But that just, uh, it's, I think that trailer, I mean, you, you can make it relatively cheap. Like we were talking about earlier, like you're talking about with the jet ski trailers and you can modify those a little bit. Um, you can make it somewhat low budget. Um, but I think a trailer is definitely for people that are, either one want that ease of use and can justify the price or people that are very serious about traveling and fishing heavily. Yeah. And my, my advice would be if you're going to get a trailer, get something, you know, the whole, the old adage, buy once, cry once. I, I spent $2,000 on a, a trailer where if I just, and now I'm after a couple of years, I'm, I'm not really happy with it. It's functional, but if I just spent, you know, saved a little more and spent a little more, I'd have something that that would still last me for who knows how many more years. Yeah. So I'd, I'm I I regret you know the not getting a higher end one just out of the gate with as much as I've I've used it and traveled for tournaments. Yeah, and I say one thing to add on top of that too, being that it's more expensive on this side is you do have to register those trailers. Do you remember that? Just because it's a yeah. kayak doesn't mean that you don't have to register. Uh, yeah. I'll add that too. Just going on the stance of this is like if you do truck bed highly advise regardless of how big your kayak is putting something flashy uh vibrant or reflective on the back end of your kayak for people that are driving behind that obviously don't pay attention there's a bunch of people that don't pay attention those little flags are nice little uh i know what yak attack makes them i'm sure there's other people that make yeah there's a whole bunch of brands like five bucks it's super easy just do a little loop put it on there and it's It'll save you from potentially getting an accident because I know anybody that tries to hit me will run right into a Torquino bracket right there on the back. And that would <laughs> not be nice for their vehicle. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, anything else on the, uh, on the trailer, man? No, not on the trailer. I did remember. Um, I don't know if I'd call it a con, but a, a little bit of a story for car topping, oh. probably my worst car topping experience. And I, I don't want to dissuade people from doing it because mine was an older vehicle, but probably why I'm so conscious of the weight on those things is I was driving, I was probably doing 70, I was probably over 70 on uh, uh, Interstate 95 down in the Woodbridge area. And I hear this loud boom. It almost sounded like a gunshot. And all of a sudden my kayak is is hanging from the straps down uh it didn't hit the road. I didn't damage it. I don't know how, I guess the way I had it wrapped, it just somehow didn't, didn't come loose. Some, uh, it was borderline miraculous, but the the rack itself didn't break the bolts that were holding the, the standard rack in the roof of the vehicle, two of them ripped out driving down the road. So that was the sound I heard. And then, you know, I've got basically two bolts holding it in the racks all twisted and uh yeah maybe maybe it was a lemon a a bad one maybe it was just old but i had to you know 
pay some guy to custom weld to basically put bolts on it and, and fix it. So it's, uh, I, I still do car top. I'm just very conscious of the amount of weight that's going in it. And, and that that's what I would encourage people to do is, you know, I'm not saying you can't car top a pro angler, but, but like do some research and figure out what your vehicle can actually hold before you do it. Um, you know, the, the stuff I'm car topping now, I've got an ultralight that, you know, that thing's 50 pounds. It's, it's easy. My Outback, you know, if I'm, if for some reason I decide to ditch a trailer and, and drive into some remote backwoods area, um, you know, I can still do that. I will occasionally, but uh, I try to keep it light for, for car topping. I'll say that too. And like, from a back to car topping quick is try driving on a low populated road or even a parking lot before you go and try and go on a road trip don't be like me and do the old redneck yep that'll do that ain't going anywhere and just go on a thousand mile road trip hoping for the best thankfully i made it out alive but uh definitely try to test and trial especially if you're going to car top being that you do have other very not to try to scare anybody because it's it's if you get the system right it can be a secure viable option just make sure you test it out first like don't be afraid to really throw some weight around on it to make sure the one the vehicle and your your car topping system will will hold up like do some whips around a parking lot make sure that thing can it can stay on there yeah check your your cam straps you push or push from the front push from the back see you know make sure you're not moving that that's what i'm trying to do anyway when i'm i'm cinching down the cam straps it's just yeah. i don't want it to slide and as I, long and as I, it's not sliding it's good yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like I if you can, and especially if you're in a vehicle that you're not too worried about some scratches here and there, uh, definitely recommend the front strap if you can do it. Because I feel like they give some peaceful people some peace of mind. At least it did for me. Like when you're driving and worried about air coming up to the front of your nose and pushing up on the kayak, that made me feel much better because it would put the stress on that carabiner to a straight metal clamp on the front versus being the pressure being on your ratchet straps on your the rails like at least for me where i had to put use the suction cup ones hmm. uh, that's a little bit of peace of mind but obviously i know some people that don't want that rub rash on the the hood of <laughs> the nice vehicle um so it might not be for everybody but nonetheless that's some a bunch of options and pros and cons if you're weighing out what you guys want to do whether you're getting in the sport or you're already in the sport and you're thinking about a change uh, hopefully that answered all of it. If you got questions, you know, drop them in the comments on this video, reach out to us on kayak fishing weekly on social media or hit up Justin or I personally would be happy to, uh, to help you guys with that. Uh, and hopefully you took something away from this and uh, made fun of us a little bit too along the way, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, I, I would be starting the audio, but for whatever reason, uh, it seems like the uh, kayak fishing Kings and Queens of the week audio is not working too well on my soundboard. Uh, but nonetheless, our, our segment, to, can you hear it? It's, it sounds faint, like it's muffled. Gosh, the soundboard is going to be the death of me, I swear. I'm super <laughs> excited to get it and play around with it. And then I'm like, yeah, I can't hear anything. Like, what the? Spoiled all the fun. Uh, but <laughs> nonetheless, our favorite segment of the show, and that is our kayak fishing kings and queens of the week. And we have two more for this week. 
Uh, obviously, it's going to be kind of slow for this segment in the wintertime because there's no tournaments, not as many people out and active in the wintertime from the kayak stand, uh, standpoint. But nonetheless, we do have two people to shout out here. Uh, and it seems like we have the same trend of thinking, Justin, both YouTubers. Yeah, yeah. Influencers, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. But, what uh, you got? Shoot. My, my pick for the week, uh, Summertime Outdoors. I believe they have the same handle for both. The, the YouTube page and for Instagram. But I, I saw him initially on Instagram, just a short little reel and then checked him out on, on YouTube. And oh my gosh, the, the footage, uh, uh, I'm not sure the, the creator's name, but his, uh, his pages, the, the strikes that he catches, uh, or catches on camera are, are very, very impressive. It's, it's some juicy content. It does a lot of salt water, uh, catching snook, other species, but then he also does some bass fishing. Uh, but a lot of these, he's actually super shallow and flats. I mean, just the, the kind of stuff that I love to do in a kayak. I'm not the biggest saltwater guy, but the way that he does it is, is it's the way that I would do it. I mean, he's super shallow watching reds, um, watching snook, just, just amazing footage that he catches. Uh, I have very impressed with his content and uh, I watched a bunch of it this afternoon <laughs> after I found him. Yeah, so this kid has has some videos that, and we don't know him by the way. Let's preface this too. His name is uh, Ethan Sommer. I just uh, looked it up here on Instagram because that's where I follow him from. But Justin and I have shared his content back and forth because he literally does some pretty epic stuff. Saltwater uh, kayak guy, like Justin was saying, and it is legit. Like, even if you're not a salt, a heavy saltwater angler like myself, we're obviously living in New York. Uh, I enjoy the living heck out of his content. He's he's very much kind of like a, a Nolan Miner with some of his kayak fishing content. Um, mm-hmm. This dude just literally has some pretty epic blow-ups and action that he, he posts. So um, great call out here. Only three 1K subs. Videos, uh, like viewership for what I've been seeing for this guy needs to be way bigger. I was very surprised by that. I thought he would be like a whole lot more, like closer to the 50 to 100K. It's It's really impressive. Uh, what I'll do is, um, like I do for all of these is we link their, uh, channels and things like that. So we'll do for this guy is, uh, we'll link his YouTube channel down in the description. Highly recommend you guys go and subscribe, uh, check him out on social socials. Big, he's got 30,000 followers on social, only 3,000 uh, subs on YouTube and, uh, post rather actively in the past, let's see, month. He's got about four or five maybe six videos. So he's, he's active worth following. Um, he's got some hunting content too for yeah. guys that like that. I can get and some boat content. He's all over, man. Just an outdoorsy kid can respect the hell out of that. So my guy, another in line, we on the YouTube side of things, one that is uh, putting out some pretty sick content. Uh, I like his passion and enthusiasm for it and kind of how he's just, uh, He's definitely out there, one for the enjoyment, the adventure, but also seemingly is interested to keep learning, and I I absolutely love that. Uh, and that is Yak and Zach. And I feel bad because I've been following him on social for a little while. Subscribe to his YouTube channel, uh, but I, I don't even know his name. I don't I don't know all I know him by is Yak and Zach, and I feel like I've seen his stickers. Like I think he has stickers that he's uh, placed guess, in places uh, up I'm here. Guess in Zach. I'm, I'm assuming Zach, you know, you would yeah. be smart saying that just, that just now when you said that I'm guessing, but I don't know. 
I feel like such, this is where I feel like such an idiot sometimes in my life. <laughs> oh, where it's like things are glaring me in the face. Where I'm like, yeah, and Zach just kind of sounds like a cool exchange of words. Where you're like, maybe his name is Zach. You know what, Justin? That would make sense. <laughs> I thought summertime. I thought maybe summer was his last name, like S O M M E R. That's a great point, and I feel like you should just reach to his camera and slap me in the face for not. Nah. Well, if it's not, that'd be actually kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, I'm gonna link his channel down here. Recommend you guys go in and follow him along. But he puts out some. Really good content, and again, love the passion and enthusiasm that he's got. So um, check those out. It's down in the link below. But, uh, dude, I am staring at a foot of snow. Here Are you home. serious? Uh, yeah, we woke up to a uh, about 8 to 10 inches this morning, and they kept it, – it's still raining down right now. Um, oh. So it's uh, not going fishing this weekend. I think it's pretty much done unless uh, – the wind's okay, and I can sneak out on a buddy's boat, but uh, I think I'm going to err on the side of not fishing from the kayak this weekend, which means more editing for the, the YouTube channel so I can get some more videos out because I've been slacking over the holidays. But uh, what do you got coming up, man? Are you hitting the water or anything? I'm uh, Probably not this weekend. I'm not sure. I've, I've got some family coming to town, and I've I picked up another bug, another one of those little cold viruses from my uh, my nieces. They stay. They seem to stay yeah, kids, sick. Man. <laughs> but uh, – but yeah, I, I definitely want to get back out there. My my black fish gear came in the other day, so I've I've been testing that a little bit. I like it. It is very warm, and uh, I feel like I can go out there and maybe not not be miserable. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully find a few fish that are willing to bite. But I'm I'm definitely going to go out and uh, as soon as I get a chance, if not this weekend, maybe early next week, sneak out for a few hours. Yeah, dude, I was thinking about that. I was like. Initially supposed to be crappy, which obviously is good. You want those in your favor, especially this time of year. But like I was thinking about going to the Niagara River, try to catch smallmouth, but I'm like, hmm, should I go out when it's 20 mile an hour winds, blizzard? Uh the water air temp is 28, and the water temp is probably around 34 in a a ripping river. Probably not the smartest idea, especially because I don't <laughs> want a wetsuit. And I'm like, as much as I love my blackfish gear and I'll be fine in it, if I go in, I am screwed. So I'm yeah. like you know what? I might just err on the side of caution for this one uh, and just get some more work done that I slacked off on the past couple of weeks. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, we got some adventures coming up. And while it's, I mean, it is January, man. It is 2024. So that means, I mean, you're going to be traveling for a Hobie event in three weeks, basically. I've already started prepping. Yeah. I'm so I'm, yeah, I'm uh, honeymoon. That is what I'm prepping for. <laughs> so I'm going somewhere warm, but I'm not fishing. <laughs> it still sounds fun, honeymoon. I, I yeah, can't complain about that. No, if I did, I'd get slapped by not through this screen, but uh, staring at me in the face right now. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm excited about Florida. I feel like Florida is a place anybody can go. Well, for for those of us that aren't in. A climate that warm it's a place you can go in january and still have a chance at some really big fish and have fun well like, it's not as bad here for me it's frozen for you um but yeah like you said down there there's some on beds already i'm sure i'm i'm hoping to sight fish if i if i can look at them i'm happy if not yeah, i gotta I'm catch them some text, other way i got a text from a buddy that lives down there and said hey 
because I had some other plans I was thinking about a while ago and was texting him about it and potentially going to try to like link up because I don't get to see him very often. Uh, and I was like, hey, if I'm able to come down then this time, like, are you free? How's work look? I'd love to come see you, you know, get some some beers and food, maybe fish a day. And uh, he's like, hey, you, you still able to come down? He goes, it's getting freaky right now. And I'm like, God, <laughs> no, and I can't go down there this month. <laughs> it just hurts me. So I'll live vicariously. Uh, through you, my friend, but I'm hoping to put together some trips uh, this year, nonetheless. But uh, awesome. awesome, man! Uh, I'm enjoying the uh, uh, the build up here coming up for 2024 and the season coming up, and uh, I'm excited for the year to come. Hopefully, you guys uh, are excited as well. Let us know your New Year's resolutions down below, especially if they're fishing related. I uh, we'll love to uh, to hear what those are, and uh, I would say last thing. Before we wrap this sucker up uh, is if you guys are enjoying the MP3 podcast form of this show, please leave us a rating and review helps us out big time. Uh, let us know uh, what you think of it. You can say how Justin is awesome and how Bailey doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. Or uh, the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> give us an honest rating and review. It'd be much appreciated. But uh, Justin, great show, my friend and folks will be back next week. See y'all then. Hey guys, appreciate you listening to that episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If your application that you're listening to this episode on uh, allows it, please give us a rating and review. It helps us out big time, get shown more on the platform that you're listening to, and it helps us grow the show. If you get some time, check out the other podcasts on the Serious Angler Network. And of course, have a great day.